Welcome to That Might Be Cool. I'm Jason Hammonds. I'm Chase Anderson. And joining us today is the legendary, the honorific, the uh, the world famous, the all-star, whatever other uh, uh, adjectives you want to use. It's Mr. David Peppos. Welcome to the show. Hi, thanks so much for having me, and thank you for all those kind words. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. We're uh, we're on the road to Endgame, uh, and it's uh, we're, we're, we're on the third movie into the Marvel Cinematic Universe as they're starting to take shape and find what they really want to do as, as a, as a collective, as a sort of cohesive world. Um, it's the first sequel in the Marvel cinematic universe. Uh, this movie, uh, is, is quite a divisive one among fans. It seems uh, a lot of interesting performances, a lot of fun ideas. Um, but anyway, regardless, without further ado, this one is Iron Man two. Can we pick up now where we left off? Mr. Stark, please. Yes, dear. Can I have your attention? Absolutely. Our priority here is to have you turn over the Iron Man weapon to the American people. Well, you can forget it. We're safe. America is secure. You want my property? You can't have it. But I did you a big favor. I have successfully privatized world peace. We're adjourned for the day. You've been a delight. I'm in too. <laughs> you gonna do? You gonna I do your music? Know, I still don't know this theme song. <laughs> the running, the running gag thus far has been we've been recording out of order, but for some reason every time I'll like say the title of the movie, Chase starts making up a theme song. It's or, always the same. It's just like <laughs> na, 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 na. Oh, that was Spider Man again. There you go. It's but, it's uh, always in my head. It was it's always been Spider Man. Like na, 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 Captain na, 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 America Man. does whatever America can. Something you know doesn't uh, quite I don't work know about that one, but. You uh, know? I don't know. Do you ever make up theme songs in your head, David? All the time. All the, All the time. time. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, so what was... Let's, let's talk about first experiences seeing Iron Man 2. Uh, what, what was your first time seeing it? Was it in the theater? Uh, I opening saw it in weekend? theaters. I saw it in theaters. Um, yeah, I... You know, I feel like Iron Man 2 kind of gets a bad rap. Um, <laughs> I, you know, it's, it's for sure a hot mess. Mm-hmm. I don't dispute that. And there are some certain... The elements to it that are super whack, uh, yep. but um, I kind of like the ambitiousness of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the first movie that kind of plays off the promise of the end of the first Iron Man, yeah, which is you're part of a, a larger universe. Yep, yep. Um, and so we see, you know, we finally see, you know, Rhodey kind of come into his own as War Machine. We get to meet Black Widow. We get to see. Coulson and, and Nick Fury and mm-hmm. sort of S.H.I.E.L.D. actually starting to operate. Uh, you know, we see a little bit more with Pepper Potts. We get to learn about the history of Howard Stark. Yeah. Um, with all that, like, yeah, there's a lot going on because you're still having like, Whiplash <laughs> and you still have Justin Hammer. And, yeah. Um, I think my opinion is I, I get that the movie is very much framed on a sort of Whiplash kind of centric arc. Mm-hmm. But I think if you view it as the arc as Tony Stark learning to accept other people's help. Yeah. It becomes a much more enjoyable movie. Okay. Um, and that way, you know, the, the sort of the climax of, uh, Tony teaming up with Rhodey at the end yeah. makes a lot more sense. I feel um, that. it's a little bit more than fan service. Then it becomes like sort of an organic story yeah. point. That but. it's like him, him giving up his sort of like, at least a little bit and budging a little bit on yeah. his sort of alpha mentality of yeah. doing it all himself or yeah. whatever. Cause so much of it, it starts with him in Congress and they're yeah. saying, you know, you need to give up the rights to the Iron Man armor. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And Tony's such a control freak after the events of the first movie saying, well, you know, I, I delegated this stuff before and it turned into a weapons cache in the middle of the desert. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm, it's just me now. I'm, I'm only, I can pilot the Iron Man. Yeah. And so the idea of him sort of, 
ceding a little bit of that control. And I think that's an arc that kind of follows Tony through the rest of the cinematic universe Mm. is um, when he was in a cave, he had no control and and only him sort of regaining control of the situation is how he escaped. So he's a control freak through and through. And they say in, uh, you know, Age of Ultron, you know, what if you had a suit of armor around the whole world? Makes for a cold world, Tony. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think we start to see a little bit of those seeds um, and a little bit of him uh, of character development in yeah. that regard in Iron Man 2. And I like, you know, the thing I, I, I have always enjoyed about Iron Man 2 is the sort of demon in the bottle uh, yeah. adaptation that's kind of in the middle of it where he's struggling with kind of his like alcoholism and substance abuse and also just kind of the recklessness of like, I might be dying, so, you know, F yeah. it. The kind of there's almost there's almost a little Dark Knight Returns in it. Actually, I guess a lot of it since yeah. he's like racing at the beginning and trying to kind of die a little bit. Well, I I, I did see somebody uh, a friend of mine say Marvel sometimes has a little bit of issues dealing with like the real dark like real storylines. Yeah. yeah, and so like the idea of, like I I like where their heads were at. Where yeah, the idea of especially somebody piloting the Iron Man armor while drunk mm-hmm. is, you know, on its face, a very dangerous thing. And <laughs> the first fight with Rhodey and Tony mm-hmm. kind of illustrates that. Uh, Tony peeing in his suit is a little much, but I, I uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's sort of, I think you, you hit the nail on the head mm-hmm. where it's like somebody like Tony, who is a control freak, when he's faced with something that's so out of his control, yeah. then he just kind of does what he can to blot himself out. Yeah, totally. It's what, what was for you, Chase? What was your what was your first thought on this movie when you when you kind of walked out of the theater after first seeing it? Uh, I don't know because I actually was at um, I worked at the Cinemark, not at uh, oh before before you worked at the theater. We met. yeah, well, I went to the theater and then Cinemark and then back to this theater. Got it. But yeah, I do remember uh, I did not see it when it first came out, and mm-hmm. people were telling me a little bit about it and. They said it was uh, really confusing because I actually walked in and I watched a middle part of it, <laughs> where because I was working, you know, I didn't, uh-huh. didn't want to work, so That's I went and started watching some Iron Man, and he's it's when he's trying to find figure out the the oh, new the element. element. Oh and yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I've still watched that, and yeah, I've uh, I've watched, I've gone back and watched it, and I appreciate it a little bit more. But yeah, like you said, kind of looking at it in a different light because coming off the first Iron Man. He's like really cool. He's like the coolest guy. And then this one he has it's mostly just all his problems. Yeah. And mm. uh it's just when you first see it, it's not the Iron Man that you wanna see. Mm-hmm. Like you want him yeah. to go back and just be that bad A that, you know, k- kills all the terrorists and saves the day and does all that cool stuff. And this it's it's interesting because when you go back and look at it, you, you get to see it's more of his character progression. Mm-hmm. Like mm. he's going from yeah, like you said, having all this control, and then everybody just wants a piece of it. Yeah, and uh, even as he has to fight his best friend, I mean, obviously it's a little bit his fault. So <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, it it is a hot mess. I, There's I, a lot going on that is just all over the place, and then that whole. Maybe we'll get to this later, but the whole third act where they try to set up the Avengers in a very strange way, yeah. way after the mm. you know the resolution of the movie is yeah. just weird. <laughs> I will say, looking back on it, then when you said it this way, it kind of clicked into place for me. I kind of wish you know they they frame this movie as Whiplash being sort of the anti Iron Man, sort of this yeah. you know this this sort of Russian DIY you know <laughs> Iron Man, and I kind of wish that the villain had. 
I mean, and I get actually, I get why they couldn't do it this way because of Obadiah Stane being the, the industrialist villain of the first movie. Of course, but I kind of wish that the the movie had been just about pitting Tony against Rhodey. I feel like Rhodey being sort of like the main or not the main antagonist, but sort of the muscle antagonist, yeah, yeah. would have been maybe a riskier movie. But and and maybe one that wouldn't have done all the world building that Marvel wanted. Yeah. But I think it would have been one that would have cleared away a lot of kind of the weird stuff. Yeah. And would have been a lot more emotionally satisfying because suddenly it's like Tony have like his his big his worst enemy is the guy who knows him best and he's the guy who is kind of on the right side of the law. Yeah. Um. And it'd be sort of them putting their differences aside when they realize that they're I. I guess I just said that I wanted Iron Man two to be Batman v Superman. And I was, <laughs> That's I, what I was I, thinking. I, I was like, I, I, I'm like, I like, I, I <laughs> hey. like monkey's paw, man. Um, but <laughs> I, 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 I do kind of feel like if you know they were playing with that sort of continuity, mm-hmm. that would be kind of interesting and would be kind of a an organic way. Mm-hmm. I mean, that said, I do think anything involving War Machine is by far the Best part of the movie. Oh, for sure. A hundred percent. Like, like War Machine, especially because in this movie, he really, I mean, a Don Cheadle stepping into the role. And mm-hmm. I personally, we were talking about this on, on the first Iron Man movie, talking about the alternate universe where Terrence Howard is still War Machine. And it huh. kind of bummed me out because I do think Don Cheadle is a way better choice for the role. And I wish that he had been yeah. <laughs> the choice in the first yeah. movie. I, I, I feel like, well, and on top of that, I mean, I feel like, like Terrence Howard, like for a long time, especially with those earlier movies, like there was so much PR stuff going on with him. Yeah. I think there was like a domestic abuse case involving him. Oh, jeez. Uh, I mean, there was like a lot of stuff going on. Like, I mean, it took Empire to sort of like rehabilitate rehab his image, his yeah. image, and um, and I think from what I from what I read in interviews, I mean, it sounds like I don't think he quite understood what this movie was going to turn into. Yeah, I think. Downey had a little bit more of an inkling about it. And yeah. so, you know, sometimes you got to take like the lower paycheck yeah. to stick around for a bigger pie. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, Terrence kind of pushed it too hard, too fast. Yeah. And Marvel was like, we're early on in this. We don't, we can recast War Machine. <laughs> yeah. And like we're, we're, we're probably already planning on recasting the Hulk right now. We'll recast War Machine. Yeah. Fine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I will say the other thing, um, and mm-hmm. I, I, it, it's it, it's so different compared to the Iron Man movies now, where everything's sort of uh, you know uh, based on telecommunications with Iron Man now. Everything's yeah. remote. Everything's thought controlled. Like yeah. Whereas this, I kind of like the idea that like Tony has to be he has to get in the suit. Yeah. Um, and so that's why for me, I, I will say if I think of like any one moment of probably all of the Marvel movies mm-hmm. that I like best. It's probably Tony Stark pulling out the suitcase armor in Iron Man Two. Yeah, um, that is just like it, it. It goes to show you how much the stakes have changed and evolved with time and technology. Yeah, because yeah, back then, like you can't like that's Tony's weakness. You catch him off guard, and he mm-hmm. doesn't have the suit. Yeah, and this was kind of a fun way of saying, well, he doesn't have the full suit. But he's got kind of like, like a little an- baby suit. He's got a little baby analog suit that, you know, <laughs> it's still kind of in a clunky briefcase. Yeah. But that's what he can use to, like, kick your ass in a pinch. Yeah. Um, I remember Chase talking about you. You really like the briefcase I, suit. I huh? really like the suit because um, it's the it's 
the first evolution yeah. of this yeah. suit. Well, I guess, you know, since when he turns from Mark 1. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's yeah. the Mark 1, the Mark 2, and the Mark 3 in the first yeah. movie. But it's but like, kind of uh, the first, like, new I've version. I've always of... loved this whole um, evolution of the suit, where, like, yeah. there's yeah. different things, and it slowly starts building up to, like... You know, he's got this mobile one, and that one I always I always loved the look of it. It's got the silver, and it's got the little plates. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is back when they were trying to do a little bit more realism. Yeah, yeah. And it actually being an actual suit instead of just like appearing. Uh, yeah, on like his a body, green screen, which weirdness. I think is cool. Yeah. And like I said before, I think that's kind of like the, the 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 you can't get much better. The pinnacle. Than that. Of, yeah, the of, pinnacle. That's yeah. that's the word. The pinnacle of the Iron Man suit is the one he's got right now. So yeah, I am a little worried edge. about Endgame because it's like, where else can you go with this character? He's had the most character development, you know. Well, he's yeah. been in the most films. Yeah. So, but yeah, no, I, I I do love the suit just because of the the evolution of Iron Man. Yeah, and sort of showing that next facet and showing that he can't help but continue to like evolve his yeah. his sort of you know uh, yeah his obsession arsenal. with um, progressing yeah you know making things better. He's like yeah. he always want. There's always something better. Yeah. So. Well, Tony Tony's also an addict, and that's yeah. something that's been it's like true. played up since the jump. <laughs> obsessive behavior, and he, so he has this obsessive behavior, and. I think, you know, when he ran Stark uh, Industries before he became Iron Man, all of his ideas, he was just thinking, how do I problem solve? How do I problem solve? And he never really thought through, like, well, what's this going to turn into? It's going to turn into a body count. He was just thinking, let me think of all these innovations, and I'll come up with a rocket, and this is cool, and on to the next one. Yeah. And he's still sort of, he's like kind of like a smoker who can't stop fidgeting with his hands, (laughs) where he's like, okay... I still need to keep like exercising this yeah. like talent for building death machines. Yeah. But they're going to be my personal piloted death machines. <laughs> so like I you know, I you know they're trust not, me. Yeah, you can still trust me. They're not going anywhere. Yeah. Um but yeah, I I I am with you. It's just, like watching him kind of tinker around with it yeah. and also to start to specialize the armors a little bit. Yep. Like that's a very comic booky thing, but Absolutely. It's a cool comic booky thing. Yeah. Hundred uh, percent. It's that's part of the joy of reading Iron Man comics. Sometimes it's like, oh, he's got this suit for this occasion, and this one for this yeah. occasion. You know, Kieran Gillen. I remember he did a cool um, uh, run on the character the, where it was where he was like mixing and matching like different types of Iron Man armors. Yeah, he's got, like he's got like a stealth suit, and he's got an underwater suit, and yeah. I mean, I was a, a child of the '90s and or growing up in the '90s, and I was kind of like. That was like the Iron Man TV show. You got to 100%. see all that stuff. And I was like, yeah, yeah like, yeah. that's and even, my jam. Even just toys at the time. You know, you think back to the 90s, like any superhero you'd get, there were a million variations on their suit. Yeah. There was the Arctic Batman mm-hmm. and the underwater Batman, you know, whatever. And so it kind of harkens back to that. Like just the, the it's like has... for Tony, it makes sense in yeah. a way that it doesn't always make as much sense for superheroes. Like, I know it's the cliche that like every superhero has to get a new costume in a new movie because yeah. they want to make more toys. Yeah. But uh, it's an easy built in way to do that yeah, though for him <laughs> yeah uh, you know and and then sort of passing that that on to spider-man yep you know with his sort of evolution of his suits yeah um yeah it's i i it's that's 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 always been a very cool moment and and i think for iron man especially it feels very organic to the character yeah absolutely absolutely um there, there's there's a lot of moments in this movie that that i think are interesting i mean the the big thing for me is this is the movie where I mean, we get to know a lot of like this is w- the first really big world building movie in this in this franchise, and so we get introduced to Nick Fury. I mean, we are we saw him in that little teaser yeah. at the end of Iron Man, but we really get to know Nick Fury in this movie. Obviously, we meet Black Widow in this movie. We get the tease for Captain America, the Shield being built, and all that stuff. Like, mm-hmm. or the the in the mock up for the Shield, uh, you know, and then obviously like talking about the Avengers Initiative, like. 
it's so there's so much like you know it's it's really coming through on that promise of there's yeah. a world there's a bigger world out there that that you and you don't know it yet or whatever like yeah i think that that's the point where this movie suffers the most from mm. is uh it's not as bad as some of the other movies like yeah. I, I would say the probably the worst one that does that is age of ultron yeah even though i do love that movie but um, it does, though, give us the best moments yeah. from the movie because I loved Black Widow. Yeah. Well, you, you know, I think she was perfect um, in this movie to be introduced yeah. you know, as like kind of like a, sl- uh, a spy, mm-hmm. kind of like keeping an eye on Tony. And uh, yeah, then her thing. scene at the end was just really cool mm-hmm. uh, coming in and just kicking everybody's butt. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so that was really cool. But yeah, it suffers a lot from that whole in the middle where he's meeting uh, Nick Fury at the donut shop. Yeah. And that feels, it's like, it's, oh, this is kind of cool. Who are these people? I remember I, I wasn't in it. I didn't know who Nick Fury was. Yeah, yeah I yeah. saw this and I was like, those two are really old. And I thought that injection was keeping them alive. And so they uh. were giving it to him. Totally off base. <laughs> but uh, the, yeah, the, the, the very ending, like I said before, what do you guys think of that whole Avengers initiative? After the conclusion of the movie, they have this huge long scene where mm-hmm. they, they are approving Iron Man. It's not as bad when I come back and look at it because I'm like, you know, hindsight. It's right. it's like, oh, it fits now. But like in the movie, as a self-contained story, it's mm. just like a, a super extended post-credit scene. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's very Lord of the Rings. Uh, you know, yeah, where this you, you're like, I thought this movie ended already. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I will say, I think the the I I like the idea of him meeting Nick Fury in the middle. Mm-hmm. I like the idea of it. I think the actual execution, like you said, is 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 a little convenient, we'll yeah. say, that Nick Fury happens to have an injector pen with him that can is like the cure Tony Stark vial, but it's not enough to cure him, cure him. It's enough just to... What was that, by the way? I don't know. You guys have any strange theories Green on why juice. he's I, got some <laughs> some juice that can... I, I um, Some scientists just came up with I it. I guess, or something. Yeah. They, they somehow knew that or, he had... Or Nick sort of... Nick being like, you know, like basically leading him to like, you know... The, the, your father's element, you know, the one that he built in his diorama, um, <laughs> like like that all felt a little convenient. It will, I, I'm not sure. Like, does that make sense to you guys? No. If no, it does, no. can you explain? Because no. not at all. How does it? He makes it into a triangle, and that's a new element. This is the yeah. sort of thing that I think made more sense in the treatment stage yeah. than it did in the actual like, oh crap, we have to write it stage. Yeah. Um, I think I think on paper saying. Tony has to go through his father's archives and find his father's unfinished life's work because that's the thing that's going to save his life. Yeah. Um, that makes more sense than, oh, Tony has to, like, like Tony's dad left him a special diorama with a new element instead of just, you know, finishing it or <laughs> well, he, the, it the explanation him. is that they don't have the technology. He's limited yeah. by the... The technology, technology of, his, of the day of yeah. his time, yeah. and uh, like, I could I could see it making more sense if if Howard was like this is too if if, if this was Howard's secret just like mm. Tony's big secret is nobody else can have the Iron Man armor it's yeah. too powerful for anyone else if Howard said I've got these notes we can't make it but someday we will be able to make it and we can't let anyone hold on to it yeah and honestly I feel like like him leaving some sort of heirloom for Tony where the notes are inside mm-hmm. versus building a giant diorama where he's not like it's it's it feels very impersonal and it's yeah. like who's to say that like I mean for all he knew Obadiah Stane was going to be running the company like I, yeah. I uh so leaving leaving a special sort of diorama 
um, puzzle for your son for an element that doesn't really make a lot of sense. <laughs> it's almost as if he was like knew he was gonna die. Yeah, because like um, he's like Tony's been really smart yeah. even when, before he was like when he was really young. Yeah, yeah, yeah he was a prodigy, and so. It it is kind of convenient that like he was dead and was leaving this on a the diagramma is a weird thing because I feel like they would have just thrown that out. Yeah, mm. yeah. It doesn't seem like yeah, like you said, very impersonal and just kind of a random yeah place to it's, put. It, it's something secrets. that could have been fixed with like another pass. Yeah. Um, but from what I understand, those those early movies especially were really improvised, really kind of slapped together. From what I understand. The first Iron Man movie, which had a bunch of well-known screenwriters, it was the screenwriters yep. from Children of Men. Yeah. Um, from what I understand, they basically like rewrote the whole movie on set. Yep. They did. And, and yeah, we did, we talked about that actually. Yeah. I, I, a little bit. We touched on that. Yeah. None of the dialogue was ever considered final at all. Like <laughs> yeah. it was every day they were just coming in, and being like, "Well, here's what we want to do in this scene. Talk about it how you want." <laughs> and this one, I believe, was written by Justin Thoreau, mm. and I, I I believe. I would not be surprised if they rewrote a whole bunch of the stuff from the writers of Children of Men. Uh, <laughs> they, I'm sure, would be rewriting Justin Thoreau's script pretty heavily. Oh, yeah. Um, especially because uh, 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 John Favreau was... I think he was. I think he directed the second one as well. Um, yeah, he did. That was his... Yeah, that was his last one. Yeah, and he so exited after that. I think, I think there was... I, I'm sure that was kind of... Thrown together makes it sound uncharitable, but I think it was a little bit more improvised than it probably is today. Yes. Um, whereas today, it's sort of Downey saying, I don't like this line, let's fix this, fix this line. But the general trajectory is already set in stone, because all the previs you know, work is done like a year in advance. So yeah. Anybody's, they're like, okay, you've got this movie, here's the beats that are already in it that you have to hit. Like, like there's going to be a fight scene on the moon. Like Thanos is going to just throw the moon down and kill you. Yeah. Um, fit that in your movie somehow. <laughs> yeah. That, that's, that's what I think the problem was. I mean, we'll touch on this on another episode is in, in, in Avengers age of Ultron. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I do think this one suffers from the same thing where they're like, put all this in because we want to promise this, this and this. Right. And yeah. fit all this into the movie and also tell, a contained story. I, I think also, the reason. Somehow. I think the reason why I'm more charitable on Iron Man two than I am Age of Ultron is because I think I think that's the these are the better parts of the movie for me for mm. Iron Man two is I was like I like Black Widow and I like Nick Fury don't really like Whiplash don't really <laughs> like Justin yep. Hammer um, I feel like the two of them together have a chemistry that. Feels a little like Jim Carrey and Tommy Lee Jones and Batman yep, Forever. Totally, totally. Um, you know, at, like where one of them's the hard case, one of them's <laughs> the goofball. Yeah. Um, and I do think the Iron Man movies in general have a villain problem. Um, yeah. They kind of peaked real early with Obadiah Stane. And even then, I will say they peaked real early with about 75% of Obadiah Stane. Yep, yep. Um, and like this was, I mean, that is for sure. And I mean, some of that just comes from the source material. It's like how many Iron Man villains are like good that yeah. don't have oh, a last name of so Stain? Few. Exactly. Yeah. You know? I actually remember when this Iron Man two came out, and I was trying to figure out who Whiplash was because it's it's actually two different characters yeah. mixed yeah. together. It's a Russian guy named Ivan Vanko who is Crimson, Crimson Dynamo. Dynamo. Yeah. And uh, yeah, they mixed them together, and uh, there was a, a, a list I saw, and I was looking up the different um, Iron Man villains, and there was like 
just random people with different suits. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, none of these are memorable. And then they, and then the Mandarin was in there. And Fing Fing Foom. Yeah. I'm kind of surprised um, they saved the ghost for um, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Yeah. That is like, a Iron like Man villain. That would have made a lot more sense of like a super corporate saboteur. Totally. Because like you're dealing with Iron Man and his company. Yeah. And, you know, and that way, like, since you know, the higher Pepper gets in the company, the more the company mm-hmm. actually means something. Well, that's that's kind of the funny thing is since the first Iron Man and even in that movie, we have not really seen Stark Industries at all. Like yeah. we have never seen really. Behind. Yeah. What What do they do now? They're in. The, he's the only name in renewable energy. Yeah. According apparently. to Avengers. Yeah. Well, according to yeah. that one line. Yeah. So. so it's it's like weird. You're like, what? A. What does the company do? B. Like we've never. We don't see. Anything. It's not important. That's the thing. It's I, not important. These movies are about Iron Man now. I Iron feel Man like is separate Iron Man's from a stock industry. booster for for a stock for, booster. Yeah, yeah. Like, he's think, just like the mascot. I, yeah, I think people are like, wow. Well, like every time that like Iron Man suits up and like like stock goes up three points. Stock goes up three points. And so like Tony's like, okay, it's the Iron Man bump. Like I feel like <laughs> I feel like that's exactly how how that, that's probably how that, how the that ultimate mascot. Yeah. yeah. No, the company's just now Pepper runs it. Sort of, so. <laughs> yeah, I think it's, it has to do something with. Um, renewable energy. If yeah. I had to make a theory, it's something just, there. I just, it's just like I wish that there was something involving that company, like tying back in with them. But there really isn't much. Like, yeah. they just yeah. kind of abandon Stark Industries and just have it be a backdrop. Um, well, so this movie, this movie grossed uh, six hundred and twenty-three million at the uh, box office, which is uh, now the fifteenth, fifteenth uh, ranked MCU movie. Uh, just uh, a little bit, about uh, fifty million more than the first Iron Man grossed. Uh, critical response on this one, 73% by uh, critics and then 71% from audiences, so <laughs> significantly lower than the first one. But overall, still, I mean, people talk about this movie like as if people hated it or it was unsuccessful, yeah. and by all measurable marks, very successful movie. I think it's a very middle-of-the-road yeah. Marvel movie. I think it. I think a lot of people like to hate on it, yeah. um, whereas, I'll be honest, I... I, I have much more issues with Iron Man three. Mm. Um, I think it's it just the the structure feels very inconsistent to me. It feels mm. a little, and I like this movie, but it feels a little Spider Man two, mm-hmm. where like he's got issues with his powers, and like there's a lot of times where we see him without the suit. And, yeah, um, I think this one, it's a little just it's too much of a good thing. Okay, um, and you know I think it also comes on the heels of I think people were. They loved the first Iron Man. There yep. was a lot of high expectations. People saw Hulk. Mm-hmm. They were like, eh. And so I think people had their knives out a little bit for this one. Yeah. And, it, it, yeah. and I mean, I'm sure it didn't help that they, you know, they, they wrote this screenplay or, or, you know, wrote this movie in about six months. Yeah. Before shooting, you know. And so it's like, I'm, you know, I'm sure, and I'm sure they were probably like, because of Hulk, they were probably like, we should probably rush to get that Iron Man 2 made. Like, yeah. You know, but... Yeah, this was two years after, right? This was 2010. Uh, yeah, 2010. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it was two years. Basically, they went all of 2009, you know, half of half of 2008, all of 2009, and then another half of 2010 before having another installment in their franchise. It's, I think that's the the longest um, mm-hmm. gap between movies. It is. Yeah. That is that is strange because that was um, yeah, that's the third movie in, in the MCU. Yeah, and we've had what two every year? Now three, three. Now we're up to three. Yeah. And, uh, are you, are you guys feeling the superhero, the MCU fatigue, or are you guys br- bring it on? I mean, there are some movies I like more than others, but yeah. I still think I still think even like the lowest tier Marvel movie is still 
pretty decent. Yeah. You know, it's like, I, I still think like the worst that they'll do is like a B minus C plus for totally. me. Like, um, I, you know, e, like, yeah, I mean, Ant Man and the Wasp is kind of like the the Ant Man ones are like my least favorite, mm, and I'm really? like, all right, I'll watch it. Like, <laughs> I'll, you know, yeah, I feel that, that. was that was a, that was a, that was two hours, and I don't yeah. have to see it again. But like, I don't feel like it like wasted my money. I don't feel like and I don't feel the same sort of negative emotions that I have felt during other superhero movies. That's yeah. what I'll say. It's it I, for sure, and I, I know Chi, Chi, you're a big fan of it, the Ant Man movies, and I, I'm somewhere in the I'm, middle. I'm of a it. big fan of all the movies, like right. uh, yeah, even the, like the ones I don't like, I still and um, yeah, they grow on me. I don't know why, yeah, but because uh, like there, a lot of the ones that they've started out with in um, you know Phase Three, yeah, I haven't liked as much, which is weird. Like the the new like Doctor Strange and Black Panther, yeah. I loved Black Panther and Civil War, but his movie didn't. Wasn't quite what I don't know. I'm with you. you. I agree. Well. I agree. I, Which is very controversial, you know. It's saying <laughs> you don't like Black Panther, and then um, yeah. yeah, everybody's in shock because it's uh, it should have won. Uh, I mean, uh, I, yeah, I don't know about winning that the Oscar for Best Picture, but yeah, it is a, it is a movie that most people do love. Um, but I, I can see what you mean. I mean, I think that there is a certain there is a certain sameness that starts to seep out in all of the sure. character, you know, the first appearance character movies. And so you can see a lot of the same, you know, fence posts in Doctor Strange, in Black Panther, in Thor, in Captain America. Like, you know, there, there's kind of some repetition there. And so I can, I can see the argument for... I would even say that there's a little bit of almost a conservatism in yeah. terms of, 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 of deviating too far out of genre, yep. which is, I think the thing, what I was thinking of with Black Panther is at first it kind of came across as like a, like almost like a globetrotting James Bond, you know, yeah. the fight in the casino and the car chase. And totally. I was like, oh really man, cool. sign me up. That is, that is rad as hell. But then they like immediately go back. And then I was like, oh, Okay. It's going to be another movie where somebody fights an evil version of themselves. Yep. Like, yeah. All right. Um, and I think I, I, I do think that sameness is almost by design at this point where it's sort of like, well, people are expecting we hit these bench, yeah. benchmarks. And yeah, that's that. the one thing that kind of saddens me a little is I'm like, there's a lot of room for like a lot of cool genre-esque twists. And I mean, we're going to see Shang-Chi you know, yeah. or, or, you know, Eternals. And I'm hoping that that kind of like breaks the They mold. do it a little bit with Spider-Man Homecoming. Yeah. Um, where they sort of have the high school drama of it all. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's like, that's the thing that I really hope that Marvel, especially post Endgame, they start to really kind of shake up the genre stuff. I think they are. From what I've heard, they are. But uh, you said something about like the the mimicking of the the superhero to make the villain. Do you think the Iron Man two, the Whiplash, um, kind of is like the anti? You know, for I, sure, I, I think so. Anyway, oh, see, I I was gonna say they were I going like... for that, but he doesn't have a. I really because I, the, the intro scene where he's the whips. Yeah. I think that's a really cool scene where yeah. he's just whipping the cars. That's really cool. Yeah, but then he kind of just turns into. Um, yeah, this is Ironmonger 2.0. Yeah, Ironmonger 2.0, where he's like just in some suit that doesn't even look original. It's just all gray. Yeah, and he's got these drones, which yeah. is weird because uh, Tony Stark has his own drones later yeah. in the MCU. So I, I, you know, it's funny because it's like I guess for me it's it's almost the 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 whiplash final suit is so forgettable to me that when you're saying like whip is whiplash the same i was like oh yeah no he's got his whips and everything and i was like oh wait <laughs> that's only him in the middle yeah um and that's what i think of when i think of him i do think having like a, a like a strong bit of 
thing of, of time where the villain is just their own thing, I think helps. Mm-hmm. Um, and and then not making them identical. Um, I think Whiplash sort of having his whips is enough of a difference that you're like, okay, that's he's not just wearing an Iron Man suit. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. I wish they would have worked because I, I love the design and aesthetic of a lot of this stuff. Yeah. And that's why I do love, even though it is for toys, I love that each movie they have different suits and they're like slight changes and stuff. And I like, I, yeah, like I love the, the designs of the armors as they, as they yeah. progress. But yeah, when I, I can't even think of back to and remember what that even, that suit even looked no, like. No, I can't even, I can't. Because it was um, just a big, bulky gray suit and. Um, yeah. That, that that fight scene when he shows up, it gets really disappointing because they just blow him up or yeah. something like that. But before that, when he's fighting the drones, I think that's really cool, and that's probably some of the best action sequences with him, you know, buddy cop. Yeah, and uh, I think that's the only time we ever get to see like a buddy cop between mm-hmm. the two of them, which is a little disappointing because I'd like to see a little bit more of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I agree. Just, you know, doing their thing. Yeah, that's true. No, that's a good point because we only see kind of the aftermath of that in Civil War where, like, Tony gets real protective of Rhodey when Rhodey crashes. Yeah. But we don't really get to see them, like, bro out as much. Yeah. I guess we see a little bit of them out of costume in Age of Ultron. But, like, yeah, I think you're right that, like, we don't really... That's sort of the... And maybe that's the reason why the moment means, like, still resonates with me. Is like, yeah, that's really the only time that we get to see, like, Tony... And his real BFF, like, yeah, not, yeah. Steve's great and all. I like Steve, but yeah. like he's they're not, not actual Tony's BFFs. bro. No, not at all. Um, Rody is. Ro- yeah, Rody. Rody should be to Tony what Bucky is to Steve. You know yeah. what I mean? Like Rody should be that guy that's kind of the constant. And it feels oftentimes that Rody gets forgotten in these movies. Yeah, yeah. He just sort of he's like he's like the 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 college roommate who shows up every once in a while. <laughs> exactly. Um, like, hey, Rody, how you doing? He's like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm doing it. I'm doing good. You know, just. Went on like a black ops mission in the Middle East. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. How, how you doing running your company? Um, so yeah. Yeah. How are they even friends, by the way? Uh, well, so is there military any defense contractor? Yeah, military de- from he, from the first movie because because Tony basically sells them. They're the ones that work together. Yeah, and awesome. so yeah. Rody they just was, become friends with your. Yeah, Rody was the guy assigned dealer. to him. Yeah, and exactly. So they, and and <laughs> I think I think it was one of those things. Tony, you know, just kind of liked that Rody could keep up. Yep. <laughs> Go go with the parties. Yeah. Um. So so this is the the this is one of the few Marvel movies that doesn't really have like a defined MacGuffin, as far as I can tell. You know, I mean, it's it's him finding the cure, like trying not. Yeah, I guess to the cure is the thing that's like driving death. him. But See, also, but also so that's messy. not the source of the conflict, though, because usually a MacGuffin is like the thing that the hero wants, but also the villain wants, and it brings him to sort of a head. You yeah, know, like an true. Infinity Stone. They want his suits. Yeah, but that's the thing is those are two separate things you know and so there's not really one unified thing that everyone i'm still trying to figure out MacGuffin. he wants his bird (laughs) he wants his bird whiplash wants his bird there you go (laughs) whiplash wants his bird justin hammer wants suits iron man wants a cure it's all their their goals are all over the place yeah that's Um, true but it's interesting that's why it seems so messy maybe that is why and then you got nick fury doing who knows what yeah he's trying to assemble the avengers yeah um yeah, so and that's that's the funny thing because we've been kind of rating MacGuffins on this show, you know, and it's a thing that uh, this is only the third episode listeners are hearing, but uh, as we go on, we'll be talking about all the different MacGuffins, and at a certain point, they just all become Infinity Stones. But uh, it's it's interesting. This is one of the few that doesn't have one. Um, the the other thing that that we talk about a lot is the retcons from certain movies and sort of plot threads that are left mm-hmm. abandoned and stuff. Obviously, big sort of like things that they changed direction on were a the casting of of, uh, of Rhodey, yeah, becoming Don Cheadle. I also actually this is this introduces 
um, John Slattery as Howard Stark. Mm. And I think that is the greatest casting in all the MCU. <laughs> it is pretty good. <laughs> I really like John Slattery a lot. Um, uh, but I, I, as far as I can tell in this movie, there isn't really too much that's been retconned from this movie or that this movie retconned from the first one. The only thing I can think of, and it's not really a retcon, it's just more of ignoring. Uh-huh. Um, you know, like I don't think they ever really followed up on the po- on Tony's post credits appearance in Incredible Hulk. They they didn't. Yeah, we talked about that in Incredible yeah. Hulk uh, in that episode, and yeah, it's there, there's no there's never any payoff for that. Yeah, it's you know Tony Tony's not building he's not building Hulkbusters for the military. Nope. You know he he he's not even part of the team that they're putting together by the end of this movie. Yeah, uh, and uh, yeah, and it's kind of like there's like no real connection i mean it feels like when general ross shows up next in civil war it's kind of like tony knows of him but yeah. it almost acts like they've never met never, never well, met also, in a bar yeah. yeah well and also general ross in civil war is like kind of not the same guy yeah i mean he's like he's very different and i do like the way they retcon that same and, like saying oh i had a heart attack and it kind of changed my perspective on things yeah uh i guess so yeah it was interesting. But uh, yeah, that was actually, I do remember when that scene popped up when they were mm-hmm. talking about his, uh, you know, Iron Man is approved, but Tony Stark isn't approved yeah. for the Avengers. And I was like, well, did, wasn't he part of like planning? Because I was so confused mm-hmm. because of that post credit scene was so exciting. Like I said, the only reason I liked it is because it was like, oh, Iron Man, or Tony Stark is in the Incredible Hulk and they're going to make yeah. team up and make the Avengers. It was, you know, everybody was talking about it for years before Avengers came out. Yeah. Um, and it just didn't pay off, and it was super confusing because that was probably one of the biggest. Um, well, it's the, it's the first sequel, yeah. And it's the you know the first time it's something doesn't make sense, and you kind of worry that going forward they're gonna It'll have a X-Men lot of stuff thing. that doesn't make sense where they're like jumping back and forth. But I think the way they've handled that is yeah amazing. Like yeah, they, how they they, can they keep wound up yeah they wound up really finding their continuity, and, and phase one is a little rough continuity wise. Yeah, but yeah. I think they were just finding their feet. You know? Yeah, Avengers and onward, they kind of they really had it on. You know, like they had a good handle on it. Um, uh, the other thing, so ha- the the one big thing we talk about is how does this movie contribute to the broader MCU? And as we said, this is kind of the bigger you know one of the bigger ones in terms of pulling its weight for really like launching into the the big universe. And I think that this is the first case that we see where the world building starts to hamper the storytelling. Uh, you know, in the first, in Incredible Hulk and in Iron Man, they did a pretty good job of, you know, like, here's a little thing, here's a little teaser, we're going to show you this, show you that, but it just contributes to the plot pretty easily, and we keep going. Whereas this movie does kind of stop to world build a couple times, sure. you know? Um, and so I think that's interesting. Yeah, well, when it first comes out, it, it, it totally ruins the movie. But when you look back on it, like, I think I've said that like three times in this <laughs> podcast, but it makes a little bit more sense and you forgive them a little bit more. And yeah. It makes the movie a little bit better because mm-hmm. it's instead of just being a story, it's it's just like a, a part of the story. Totally. And then the well, middle part. And I think rather than it sort of, I think it, all these different new elements add, adds to the flavor a yeah. little bit. Um, and I think that's why I, I forgive it a lot more is because it's very easy for sequels to just be more of the same yeah. or just more of the same but bigger and this is like this is a a a bigger version of what happened before yeah you know in terms of the scale and the locations but then they're like here's a bunch of new characters that each add something to the mix yep um 
And it's a, in certain ways, it's sort of that almost that uh, collector's thrill, mm-hmm. you know, where you find, you, you know, a lot of people pick up a, a brand new number one issue because they'll say, oh, this is going to be a character's first appearance. Yeah. Or there's going to be a big moment that changes the character forever. And so that kind of is what Iron Man 2 feels like, where you're like, oh, man, first appearance of Black Widow. You yeah. Know, uh, first, like, like real extended appearance of... of uh, of War Machine, first, you know, big appearance of Nick Fury. And mm-hmm. so I think it's one of those things that I don't even think necessarily as a fan, I think just as somebody who enjoys action movies yeah. and th- this sort of universe, they're like, oh, okay, this is cool. Like, let's, yeah. let's do it. Totally, 100%. Um, the, the thing, so the other thing we typically, we'll talk about best performance and and rising stars in each movie. The thing about this movie is, there's no like everyone that's in this movie is already well established yeah. by the time they come into this. Like uh, Scarlett Johansson, um, she was she was pretty big by this point. I had never heard of her. Really? Because um, I mean, she had, she had done Ghost World. She had done like um, a few. I mean, I, I don't know her entire filmography, but I know that like she was already a, a known sort of quantity. Yeah, I think, um, really. She, I think she was married to Ryan Reynolds back then. Yeah, she mm-hmm. was actually. Yeah, right think, around this time. Mm-hmm. I mean, this role for her is the role that launched her into, you know, one of the highest grossing actresses in the world. Sure. Sure. So absolutely. It that, did that's elevate only, her. the only reason I would say that she was like the, the rising star because um, she wasn't, uh, you know, I guess a well-known actress, but mm-hmm. now she is like the top actress. Yeah, that's, you know? that's fair. It did, it did put her into a totally new the next stratosphere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause she did like the spirit right before this. Although, I mean, she'd already done this prestige and, and stuff like that, but yeah, I think she's it, in the prestige. Yeah. Uh, yeah but she she uh yeah i think this did kind of elevate her career and put her into a different sort of level of stardom so i i'll I'll accept scarlett johansson as rising star what what do you think what do you think i just don't think there is one i think you know mickey rourke sam jackson sam rockwell don Cheadle, gwyneth paltrow robert Downey jr i I did say previously though sam rockwell i i think i don't know if it was on a podcast but me uh, and you talked about it yesterday that I think Sam Rockwell was a little bit wasted in this role oh, because totally. he's such an amazing actor and he's gotten so much better that I would like to have seen. I feel like he was trying, like, like you could see him like trying to like sort of break out of that box. Like yep. his, his, his dance routine at the, mm-hmm. at the, at the hammer, <laughs> yeah. uh, at the hammer thing. And um, he made that role pretty fun. He, he, yeah. Yeah. He was pretty good. He, 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 he elevated what was written down. <laughs> exactly. Sure, uh, exactly. For, for that role. Um, best performance though. Who do you, who do you guys think has the best performance? Cause for me, honestly, I might even say Sam Rockwell. If not, then Don Cheadle or Sam Jackson, maybe. Uh, see, I, I, you know, I don't know. It's one of those things like, I know it's just Downey being Downey, but like, he's so good at it. Yeah. Like, I, I, I don't know. I think, I think he's magnetic. I, I, I would, I would say team Downey all the way. Team Downey. That's, he was, he was best performance in, in Iron Man one. Maybe, maybe he's a twofer. He's getting two in a row. Um, and then the uh, the Stanley Stanley cameo uh, in this movie, which was was he at the racetrack in this one? I'm trying to no or no. What was what was what did Stanley do? He in this was movie? Um, Larry David. He was Larry David. Not not Larry David. The that was in Avengers. He was on. He was on. He was on. Um, uh, 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 Larry King. Oh yeah, that's right. He, he was, was Larry on. King. Who's Larry David? Larry David is the creator of Seinfeld. That's right. Yeah, He's not Larry David. <laughs> Huh. Uh, um, yeah, no, Larry King. It was like on an escalator or something. Was that in this movie? And then he Larry goes, King? oh, hey. And then he goes to speak and then uh-huh. it cuts. And I thought that was the weirdest Let's see. cameo. Cause it's like the fact goes, that we don't remember the cameo. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Yeah. Uh, his hilarious Iron Man 2 cameo. 
Larry King. Yep, he was dressed as Larry King. Google. Oh, it was. Yeah. Oh yeah, because in Avengers, he was the he was like in the crowd in the middle at of the, the very, fight. No, he's something. at the very end, and he's playing chess. And he says something when they're interviewing all those people. Yeah, that's right. That's, that's what right. I was thinking. Yeah, he, was, yeah, he, was, yeah. he was on TV being interviewed. That's yeah. right. So this was he was Larry King. That's right. He was Larry King. Yeah, and, I, uh, I don't like this one because they don't have anything to do. Yeah. It cuts right when he takes a breath to speak. And yeah. So you're you're rating this Stanley cameo pretty low. Yeah. One out of ten. What do you think? Two. Two. It's pretty unmemorable. I can't. Yeah. Know, yeah, I well, the, yeah. Like you said, if we can't, we can't barely remember it. <laughs> yeah. So we'll, we'll we'll put this one pretty low in the Stanley cameo rankings. Uh, how about the villain ranking? I guess our primary villain we could call this for is Ivan Vanko. He's probably the number one yeah, villain in this. So, so, so. When he first appears, he's he's pretty cool. Yeah. But then it doesn't pay off, and there's nothing more to his character other than because the whole his whole thing was like i'm gonna go there and kill him and then he had no idea that hammer was gonna save him or anything yeah so i don't know these these, both these villains as villains you know despite how well Mm -hmm. the actors portrayed them yeah they're just weak villains and kind of not as interesting yeah um but like i said they they both the actors gave you know for what they were given, they did a really good job. Yeah, yeah. No, that's 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 gonna be a low ranking for me, guys. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Not 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 a fan. I it feels felt very baney. Yeah. Me. Very bane like. I and feel I'm that. Kinda like, eh, okay. Yeah, I think I think this is probably somewhere around like a four uh, out of ten. That's pretty good for. Uh, I guess considering, considering it's this Marvel, is probably yeah. one of the lowest. You know what? Uh, actually, yeah, you're you're right. I'm because I'm thinking like even the best Marvel villain is probably like there's two that might be up in the sort of. Yeah. Seven, eight, ten. So I eight think this is like a one and a two. Yeah, probably, probably about. And you two. can decide which one's which. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah, <laughs> um, that's fair. Uh, and then uh, the last thing uh, that we talk about uh, on this on the show is the post credit scene. Uh, in this one, this is the first instance of a scene that was shot for another movie. Uh, this is the scene from Thor when the hammers arrive. It's Coulson. That's a good one. That one did get me stoked. That's, that's, I, pretty, that's like a nine, cool. dude. Yeah. yeah. Nine? Because wow. it's just it just shows... Uh, yeah, he pulls up New Mexico plates, yeah. gets out, and then he goes, we found it. And then it shows the hammer, and it's yeah. like, <gasps> Thor. Yeah. And they, they actually... And did, this is the first time they've gone cosmic in this universe, really. Yeah. So that'll be interesting. That's That'll be the next episode that's yeah. coming out is Thor. Yeah. That's so. I, I'd say, yeah, for me, that's probably a solid eight out of ten on that uh, that post credit scene. Yeah, I think I think it's pretty high for me too. I think you know, and they they talk about it a little in Avengers, but I feel like uh, the arrival of Thor is kind of a big flashpoint for the rest of the Marvel universe. That's totally. sort of when Nick Fury realizes like he's got to get off his duff and start the Avengers. Yeah. So um, that's yeah, it's kind of like a cool thrilling moment, and it throws in a brand new genre in the mix. So yeah, I'm gonna give that an eight. Yep. Eight. Right on. Uh, well, that that is uh, that is it for Iron Man two. Unless you guys have any extra thoughts, uh, but uh, we got to make sure we get those plugs in. So, David, let everybody know where they can find all your work. Yeah, um, you can follow me on Twitter at Pepos D, uh, and also my book Spencer and Locke. Great you book. Can, uh, follow it on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Spencer and Locke. It's just one word, mm-hmm. all spelled out. And uh, we have our second volume that's going to be hitting comic shops and digital devices everywhere on May first. Spencer and Locke two. If the first series was what if calvin and hobbs grew up in sin city our sequel is going to be hard-boiled calvin and hobbs versus hardcore beetle bailey uh this is going to be our dark knight our empire strikes back i do not invoke either of these trilogies in vain and uh you guys are really going to dig what we're doing so another four issue mini starting may 1st hell yeah i i love spencer and Locke so much i love it love it love it 
Um, awesome. Well, David, thank you for uh, joining the show, and we'll see you again for Captain America Winter Soldier. Let's do it.